I don't know if I did I tell you guys about uh basically I put up these really ugly pair of shoes on eBay ages ago and I actually have since thrown them away but every now and again I'll get like hate mail about it because they're I'm charging like 11 quid but someone messaged me out of the blue going like are you still trying to sell these vile shut stained old trainers for fuck's sake <laughs> bin the dicker already <laughs> Send me a picture. Yeah, I'll send you the link. I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, How stained I'll... the shot are they? I mean... <laughs> yeah, did you not, not clean them before taking the picture of them? Okay, it, to be fair, I do feel really bad about them in retrospect because I, I, I. You said this expecting us to be on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, most people. Most people are like, oh wow, why would they be so dramatic about that? But you guys are right no, on the money. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, he's got something. He's not telling us the whole story. Absolutely. I see this all the time. People relisting the same jumper like eight times. And I get it because I've looked at it. You know, I get a little notification. Been okay. the damn thing. Been the dicker all But then. What did someone else say? And then, but people keep saying that and just being like, I think someone sent me a message that was a bit colder that was like, no one is ever going to buy your pumas. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Every few months, someone will send me a question about it. And it's always not real buyers, firstly, and just (laughs) telling me to stop. Can you see them now? Because I've just dropped them in on. The only angle. Okay, no, there's three pictures. Okay. Okay. Let's have a look. No, throw them away. No one's going to buy these, dude. This is. This is on you. Yeah, to be fair, they are there are holes in the sole. I don't know if you can see that zoomed in. Yeah, no, I can see it very clearly. You can see this. You can see the the under under insole of the shoe. <laughs> right. Oh, dude, they look horrible. <laughs> they look like you walked the Babylon to me in these. Like what? What the hell? These look like, these look like Oliver Twist owned these shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, they've exactly. been through, guys. They're an antique. I'm selling them as an antique. They're only 11 quid. 11 quid for shoes. At this that point, is way too expensive for those shoes. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. At this point, I might just rack up the price. I might just keep pushing it up to get yeah. people more, <laughs> to get the ire of the eBay community. It's very toxic. I can't. That, that might, you know what? That might actually like work. People would be like, what is this? Why are they so expensive? Exactly. What am I missing out on? He's broken all business. rules. Me and me and the other people who hate seeing these shoes on eBay are gonna have a whip run just to buy them to get them off the website. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll raise five pounds together, and then we won't have to look at them anymore. But the thing is, I have thrown them out. I have thrown the dickers out already. I threw them out about a, like four months ago, so <laughs> I just forgot to take it down. Where did you throw them out before? Or after the message? Before all of these messages, I've had a, a treasure trove of different messages about these shoes, um, and they've all all hated them but i've thrown them out like i just forgot i listed them so every now and again they get like a little reminder i don't even think a shelter would accept those shoes as like a donation absolutely not those are the shoes you take yeah. off people at a shelter shoes, be like, i'm so sorry you had to wear these here <laughs> it's like you know the saddest story ever told you know baby dickers for sale already been <laughs> like they're not but i mean i'm not i'm really bad at i've had some I've sold other shoes, which were a bit dirty, and then someone sent them back and stuff. They weren't as bad, but do you guys do much eBaying? I think I'm just bad at it. I don't do much eBaying. I do a fair bit of eBaying, yeah. I've never had anyone send anything back. It sounds like you're, sounds like you're kind of a riot on eBay, man. <laughs> I'm sort of a, I'm, I'm something what, of a menace. What's your, uh, what's your rating? Uh, I haven't checked. I haven't been on eBay <laughs> in like a year. I should be like, able to, I swear see, to God. see the seller. Daniel McHugh. Oh, you have, you've got no reviews. No positive, no negative, no neutral. That's probably for the best. Oh, but I can buy your uh, your book, Treasure Island, that has six days left of auction <laughs> for £7.57. Put it on auction? <laughs> you did not put Treasure Island on auction. Are you expecting a bidding war? <laughs> <laughs> or blue H&M men's shorts, size 32. Well, su- summer's coming oh, up. I forgot. You can't. <laughs> you you can't get any of those. You can't get any of those. <laughs> this fifth edition Treasure Island owned by Dan McHugh. It's gonna go for a lot. I don't want to set a price. We just let people fight over it. See what happens. Let the market decide. You know, this is. Little... <laughs> Guys, it's the whole island. I'm giving the whole island over there. Um, yeah, no, I'm just not, I'm guessing you, are you guys better at it? Or do you go on eBay or? or... I, I don't go on eBay regularly, but I, I, I've, I've surfed. 
Yeah. I'm surfing the web. I I buy more than You've I sell. Been on... You know, I'll I'll uh, but I'll put up the occasional you know pair of trousers that are too small. Uh, new, obviously, new condition. <laughs> I don't try. New condition, washed. <laughs> yeah, you know. Don't try to sell. No, just the dickers of Jesus of Nazareth. To <laughs> the di- what odd? What did he mean by that? What did dickers <laughs> mean? <laughs> That's what. I don't know. Some sort of very old kind of slang. I I assumed it was an English thing that I didn't understand what it was, but I assumed it was some. Is it not? No, not that I'm aware of. Maybe I don't in know. The north of England? I don't know. We we don't have a. But... I think it might be more of a middle class thing, and I think because middle class slang isn't that popular, they get into real esoteric areas. <laughs> with... But yeah, I don't know. I should just stop. Um, that's, I should just stop. I should just not do that. <laughs> that Public are demanding it, Dan. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah, they. But I, I actually have been meaning no, no, to ask. On. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Well, how do you guys know? How do you guys know each other? Um, we go back a while actually our friend toby introduced us because apparently we were the same person um and now i don't know what's changed <laughs> out of that yeah we but, we were um, 11 we, we met in we met in year seven but we weren't at the same school yeah our, our our my our friend toby was at my school and went to primary school with him and yeah yeah oh that long ago no, i thought it was like uni. it's been a while like, and, wow. and you know thousands of podcast episodes going all the way back to when we were 11 years old uh, <laughs> you've been doing this when you were 13 unrecorded lost to time what we call Rory, rory's hey, quite w- wide into the industry <laughs> so he calls it regular conversations podcast <laughs> okay. no we, we, he's like my oldest friend yeah. Ooh, that's all he's like your oldest man wow. Rory, are you is Dan your oldest friend? Or yeah, he is. He is, and I don't. Yeah, I have no caveats to that. Actually, yeah. I think that so, as old, older, wow. if not as old as my pumas, I think actually <laughs> they were fresh as a daisy when we met. They were now. I bought those for you as a, as a welcoming present the first time I met you. Mm. No, you I, I was definitely out. wearing them around that time. I was definitely wearing them around that time. Um, old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Were you there, Rory, when we went to Brighton to meet Chloe for the first time? Which was uh, yeah. just a, for Misfits of Background. That was Toby's ex, who he doesn't see anymore, from like year seven. Um, and we all went to Brighton. <laughs> you said that ex sounded way more deep <laughs> than Toby's Oh, yeah, he doesn't see her anymore. Your exes when they were okay, like. Just don't bring it up. Okay, don't bring up his year seven ex. It really sets him off. He really never recovered. Yeah, I, that was a weird day because yeah. we went to Brighton, came back, and then I think we all hotboxed his bathroom for the first, and that was the first time I think I ever smoked weed. So it was like magical, and I was like, "This is," a, and I was also going like, "I'm so not high. I'm so not high right now." You said that a lot. Yeah, it was a strange, it was a strange, exhausting day that ended with yeah, crossing the the threshold of smoking weed for the first time, which was the bad, a terrible decision. I mean, it was you know. And that was the day you wore those pumas. Yeah, yeah. I took one. I took one puff, and they shriveled up and aged before my eyes. They they fell apart. (laughs) The eleven pounds were for sentimental value. is up and keep it kushdi dear listener as you're tuning into that's rich the only podcast trying to chart the insane brainwaves of rich people in our society across all of time and space we track down the wealthiest and most insane folks from kings who think they're made of glass to tech billionaires with just the prettiest sandals we will never rest until we find out exactly why they do all the insane things we do i am your host daniel mckeown and i'm rory kelly your other host and this week we've decided to bring in someone sometimes the weight of wealth is too much for only two men so we've brought in somebody to help us figure some stuff out um he is an amazing comedian the loveliest man you'll ever meet and big penguin energy it is mustafa yassin penguin energy Do you not remember when no, I thought you were going to call your Edinburgh show that? I thought it was a good plug. Big Pingu energy. 
Big pingu <laughs> energy. Okay. I've confided in. If you don't mind me asking, what was the logic behind big pingu energy? It was just someone on a night out said that to me one time that I have big pingu energy, That's and I was really hurt by it. But it it scarred me. But I kept it. <laughs> and I decided to pull away all whimsy and joy from it. And he's like, "No, he's a penguin." <laughs> yeah. yeah, not just any penguin, right? The nation's <laughs> favorite animated penguin. Penguin. Most famously <laughs> annoying penguin. Who <laughs> <laughs> makes a sound penguins don't make? Yeah. Real. It was a real backhanded compliment. Yeah, it was very much uh, in the smokers area. Well, I think it was. I don't think it was a backhanded compliment. I think it was. It was a four-handed insult. <laughs> you felt all five fingers across your cheek. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was the back of it. It was just, it was just weird. It's, 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 not, it's yeah. weird because it's a very ephemeral term. It was very much, I think we were leaving a smoker's area, and it was very like, we're all friends, but someone was a little drunk and then maybe said something mm-hmm. mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the worst. People in the smoking area who think they're complimenting you. Really? That's a brand. That's a brand of person. Absolutely, yeah. They, have no, they know not what they do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I'm serious. I used to, because I, I would have to, all my friends at uni smoked, and I didn't, um, and I would have to, I would be the guy standing outside, just kind of crossed arm, like, yeah, yeah, we're the same. We're, we're in it together. <laughs> You were, you were saying this like a week ago, but you said you didn't know until your third year that you could also go out. Yeah, no, I would you just watch the bags and coats. I would just be like, yeah. yeah. Um, Fogging up the glass from the other side. Oh, shit. Those <laughs> cigarettes look lovely. With, with, in regards to rich people, what do you think is the most batshit thing you've heard someone you know or a famous person spend money on? Or something you just like, they just do not understand? Oh, shit, I would. I wish I prepared for this. I feel like there are a lot of good examples and I can't think of a single one right now. I actually, I, I did think of one example right now. I, one time I was in an Uber and I was talking to an Uber driver and he said um, he once had a customer who got an Uber from like London to Warwick. Oh, right, yeah, for university. Why Jesus. would you go to Warwick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my question too. What? <laughs> You know, that, that seems like it makes sense for the fare, but for the Uber driver, when, when he when they get there, surely they're like, oh God, I'm just here now. I have to get someone to get me back. Someone has to do the <laughs> There's no one else wants. I'm, I'm sure the fare must have been so high where otherwise he wouldn't have done it, right? He wouldn't have picked him up. I can't. Yeah, yeah, an Uber was... pool too. An Uber pool? <laughs> yeah. Gonna stop off along the way. Just gonna pull over on the fucking M24, mate. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just someone else up. I once, when I was in uh, America, I once accidentally booked an Uber for three states over. Uh, I was I, I <laughs> the name of a place oh. that I was staying in, but that's also because all the American place names they just reuse, right? There's there's like a Washington something in every state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy was like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know what's up. And then 15 minutes in, I was like, we, we haven't crossed state lines, have we? And he was not happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we actually did cross the state lines? We crossed state lines. I was in D.C., which is very small, right? So to cross, <laughs> to cross over into Baltimore doesn't take very long. Oh, shit. I was like, you are now leaving Washington, D.C. <laughs> I like how he, the guy, he, he did the bare minimum to check. He was just like, you sure? And then he was like, 100%, let's go, let's go. You I'm sure, English boy? You sure? You sure? <laughs> he doesn't look sure, I don't care. I had to pay like half of that fee. It was amazing. It was surprisingly cheap, though. I was like, it was like 30 quid to cross over, to, to, to go three states over. Again, oh, small area. So, like, you know. You could have to pay like. With them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to reference. Only could have reference any kind of monetary value here now. How many exactly yeah. in Pumas? Would you like to go to Missouri or would you like six Wesson Pumas? <laughs> six Warren Oliver Twist Pumas. <laughs> well, we move on to our first segment. Uh, <laughs> the way this works for listeners uh, is that we, we usually break it down. We do our first segment, minor royalties, but um, just because I don't know when this is coming out. Uh, I feel like they might be massively, massively irrelevant. So, like, I'll talk about some billionaire and he might be dead by the time this comes out. So, I feel really awesome. right. And today in the news, um, James Carnegie has announced his new form of steam locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna Did be you huge. guys see what he said? Oh my god! Like, <laughs> um, so we're just gonna, we might just, uh, we're just gonna jump straight in to the main bulk 
of our episode. I've researched this topic this week, and this is, um, uh, oh, this business of show that we love so dearly. <laughs> it is uh, brought us such wacky, whimsical things, um, but none so disorienting as our figure this week, which is Leo Gallagher, of course, infamous pro- 1980s prop comic Gallagher. Um how familiar are you guys with Gallagher's work before I send you some of the stuff to watch? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've always heard him referenced in things. Like, I've, you know, when you hear things referenced, but you don't really know what it is in just like popular culture. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I've always heard, oh, that's pretty Gallagher. I was like, who is this? And also, I know someone called Leo Gallagher, who is, an, he's, a, he's a stand-up comedian. He does like open mics in London. And his name is Leo Gallagher, the same that name. Has- I think thought about bringing back the sledge matic <laughs> Get him to do it. The once and future king has returned. The UK needs its own Gallagher. I've said uh, this about the UK. Um, uh, I, I had only heard of him because there's a threshold uh, in every uh, evening of drinking with Dan McEwen where if he has <laughs> enough, he starts talking about Gallagher, right? We pass the Gallagher point uh, Wait, and I get to hear... No, you're so right. That's where I've heard it from. <laughs> I, I am... It's not TV shows. It's fucking damn. It's damn. <laughs> um, for those that don't know about Gallagher, you may recognize him from his famous bit where he would smash watermelons on stage for no discernible reason. Um, he got his start working as a road manager for Jim Stafford, who was a comedian and musician. Uh, he sang the famous song. You may have heard it. I don't like spiders or snakes. <laughs> This is like the same. It's to the point. It's that kind of thing where old comedy songs they they don't need to do much. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> you know when you watch sixties comedy songs and they're just like I hate go to the shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I think people would do a, like musical comedians would do a song like that now, and it it would I think we've circled back. Yes. Yeah. It's we've got more ironic, But is it ironic if people are enjoying it? I don't know. You're absolutely right. That's um, true. But he got his start, his, his comedy career started coming together after 1969 when he hung around the comedy store and the Ice House. Uh, quote from a great article about Gallagher called The Tears of a Clone. Uh, a fledgling, long-haired stand-up comic, Gallagher had been pounding small fruit with a prop called the Sledgematic <laughs> when on New Year's Eve 1976, he upped the ante and took his hammer to a watermelon at Mitzi Shaw's comedy store in Westwood, California. I didn't plan to do it, says Gallagher, 53. The next day, Mitzi called and said, you better do it again. We're sold out. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. What the fuck? So he just started, the way it sounds like it's fun, like he's finally cracked it by moving to bigger fruit. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I love the idea that like, you know, like an artist or like a poet or something, he has like early works and juvenilia, right? Like, okay, I'll start with a tangerine and I'll, you know, I'll knock it with one of those hammers that they check your knee with and I'll, and I'll you know, I'm not ready for the watermelon, right? One day I hope to smash a watermelon. Yeah, before Picasso's cubism period, he was doing a lot of rectangles and no one enjoyed it. <laughs> Exactly. That's crazy. You just had to change the fruit, and then they were like, you got it. <laughs> You're onto something, kid. You're onto something. Yeah, so he was smashing oranges, and people were going, You're not. You're a bum, Gallagher. You'll never be famous. <laughs> and then he was like, This kid's got and something. T- they used to throw him out of clubs and, like, Take your kiwis with you. <laughs> <laughs> but Missy Shaw sort of famous as well for having weird ticks that she would celebrate as, like, big successful things like i remember there's something about uh, i think mark maron she told to wear a scarf or something and she was like so <laughs> insistent on it and he, he was like i don't want to wear a scarf what's going on <laughs> she she hated louis ck before anybody else before he gave the site normal never booked him at the comedy store that was like a whole thing until he only got to perform at the comedy store until when if she wasn't there or after she had died because she wouldn't let him on and everyone was like, oh, fuck you, Mitzi Shore, for not liking Louis C.K. in 2010. And then, like, up until, like, what, two, three years ago, they're like, yeah, it was... It was the same thing with uh, Joe Pesci hating Louis C.K. He was, like, kind of ahead of the curve because he hated him for, like... Because I think he tried to book him for Horace and Pete. And he was like, you're not funny. I can tell you're trying it. <laughs> and was all saying all this stuff. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. I don't do stand-up comedy. Um, but it, it, I'm even offended on behalf of you guys because it sounds like every story of someone 
becoming famous for comedy in the 80s begins with they hung around the comedy store <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I stood yeah. by the bar and eventually someone was like do you want to do the tonight show I mean like it's, it's extremely unfair <laughs> it seems a lot harder Conan now. O'Brien like people he always tells that story about how he kind of just he was writing on the Simpsons and writing on SNL but then took a giant leap and became like the talk show host and it was like definitely like a part of like white privilege and stuff like that for sure. But I'm also so glad it happened because he's have, the best. Have you <laughs> ever watched his old clips from like, I think they did a pilot of him as the host or like a test run or something. And he looks like a guy who got put into a suit and like shouldn't have been there. Um, well, he looks like a page story, but also like Sorry. Yeah. He looked like an intern when he was young because he was also super young when he was a talk show I think. You know. No, he wasn't 26. Um, it better be older than than we are now, please, <laughs> for the love of God. Um, but just to go back to Gallagher, uh, for those for for listeners who are confused, is he just smashing a watermelon? What's the bit? Well, apparently, uh, it was based on the Vegematic, which was something that was heavily advertised in the eighty in the seventies. Sorry, um, and people just got it. I guess people were like, "That is so fucking on point." Um, and he seven years later, he made his first appearance on the Tonight Show on December fifth, nineteen seventy six. The thing was. Carson hated prop comedy and he hated Gallagher, so he would only he would only appear when there was a guest host because Johnny Carson just hated Gallagher. I was like, I don't want this long haired <laughs> watermelon guy smashing fruit. That's so funny. So, when the cats are away, right? You go away. Okay, he's gone. He's gone. Get the watermelon guy. We got to mop up before he gets back. He can smell it. He can smell the watermelon juice. But he, on the set. he went on to make fourteen specials in twenty years and became essentially a stadium touring comedian at the height of his fame. I believe he was worth around ten million dollars, which has dropped now to about two hundred thousand, apparently, for reasons I shall explain. But um, the- just, just could I just say just before we go on, um, I think for the listener, the listener needs. So you sent us clips of Gallagher and Gallagher's act. Which must for the word listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I I didn't think it was actually. I didn't think I was actually supposed to watch it until an hour ago, and then I did. <laughs> <laughs> we we work very hard on this book. Um, <laughs> I was just like, good one. You're sending me clips of Gallagher. Funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel Daniel Gomez bullshit in the chat again. <laughs> um, well, we're describing as a man who would smash fruit in front of an audience, really, which sounds ridiculous. I'm sure we'll put some clips of it in. You can't appreciate this until you see how much people fucking love this guy. What is it? People go nuts for it. They adore it. People are screaming. They're laughing. They're tossing the through around amongst themselves. What is it do to let up? It looks like a great time. I can't believe it's. It's baffling. Who wants croutons? Croutons, croutons, croutons with my ass. It's nuts. Yeah, I really don't. I wish I got it. I wish I felt the joy. You know? I, I, I would imagine if I was there and everyone around me is having that good of a time, I would have a good time too. I'm, I'm going to drop this tape properly later. I kind of get it. I can't. You I can't. get it? I, I'm, I'm not even just saying I think it would work. I kind of think it works. I kind of I think it's good, but we'll 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 talk about that though. We're not gonna let you forget that. You can't just drop Gallagher's good <laughs> actually, and then be like, "We'll okay. talk later." That's actually an interesting point of view. I also I see what you're saying for sure. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think it makes like, me laugh. I think I watch it and I laugh and I go, "Why am I laughing?" And then I go, "Don't ask why." The fruit has I, gone everywhere. Fruit's not meant to go. I get yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> how about how is it? this is now a battle to win the soul of Mustafa over whether Gallagher <laughs> is good or bad, and by the end we'll 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 decide. Um, I, right. There's a brief sojourn I want to take, which is Gallagher's weird history with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so, Kevin Brooks Eastman and Peter Laird, who created TMNT, uh, came to a show and were inspired by Gallagher smashing watermelons. Uh, to put the turtle, so decided to put the turtles in a food fight, and Gallagher advised them to sell the turtles to movies, saying they did it backwards by selling it to cartoons. And then Gallagher became a huge force in trying to make 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie made. So him and Jim Stafford enlisted Golden Harvest Productions and then they pitched it to everyone and were turned down by Disney, MGM, Columbia, Paramount, and like everyone. And then eventually when it did get made later on, he got pushed to the side. Actually, what did happen was Jim Stafford kept going and managed to make the movie and got all the money for it, which left a bitter feud between uh, the former manager. Um, Gallagher, you, Gallagher saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and was like, this needs to be in the talk. This needs to be on, <laughs> this needs to be on the big screen. This needs to be up. Yeah, and wanted, wanted a, a food fight sequence based on his work, right? So that was the idea. He was like, this, this needs... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie needs to stop for 15 minutes. And we need to see all manner of food and confection and fructose product thrown around. And he becomes a, he, he evangelizes this movie once it's made just so he can, what, see his own act done by men in rubber turtle costumes? I, I don't were know. Food fights a, were food fights a common thing in, like, America in the 80s? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Did he invent the food fight? I couldn't imagine. Did he popularize it? I would hate him. Fight. I would that would that would really upset me. I would punch them in the <laughs> Especially like you know those old like if someone threw a pie at my face, I'd be so upset that they wasted the pie. I'd be like <laughs> You know what? Pie is my one exception. <laughs> it's funny. That's funny if you get a pie thrown in your face. Exactly. exactly. No way that's right. right. I'm I'm winning this yeah. battle for Mr. Fasol because food fights. Right? Pie is the only food that's okay to throw at someone. <laughs> Food fights are joyous, okay? And that's that's basically what Gallagher does. Matt, you pick up the food that's in front of you, throw it at your friend. No, I can't big, help you know. but think this is a waste of food. I can't, I can't help but thinking that every time I... Most people could have been eating these watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> Most people walk into a food fight is like, where are the pies? Why are you using the regular food? <laughs> a pie that's basically 90% whipped cream, basically. That's fine. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Those aren't pies, right? A paper plate that's, yeah, entirely cream... Uh, is yeah, that's that's not delectable. Yeah, a, a big luscious watermelon that could feed a village and just get <laughs> taken with a wooden hammer. Just yeah. It's it wasn't all fun and games. The 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 way TMNT ended for Gallagher led to a weird string of lawsuits that he found it found himself in. Um, the first one was Gallagher versus Robin Van. Uh, this is a quote from a newspaper around the time. Gallagher, whose flippant testimony this week had jurors laughing and the plaintiff's attorney boy- blood boiling, said from his Agura home that he was elated at the verdict. Uh, plaintiff Robin Van, 29, of Rancho Santa Margarita, was understandably less buoyant after the jury's denial of her bid to recoup $13,000 in medical bills, $20,000 in lost wages, and punitive damages reportedly in excess of $100,000. This was after a mechanical penguin flew off the stage that he smashed on stage and hit her on the head. Uh, so this went to trial, and they found Gallagher so funny that it made the news that he, he was making. I will say that in seven years on the bench, I've seen a lot of characters, but none so theatrical, Judge William Froberg said. It was entertaining. It certainly wasn't boring. Uh, I'd, rather not, I'd rather not speak right now. This has been a little upsetting, says Van, who says she has suffered through three years of head and neck aches after the alleged blow from the penguin, which contained a fire extinguisher. At this point, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to be clear... She was hit on the head with a fire extinguisher painted to look like a penguin, right? <laughs> In my head, it was very different. It was like a stuffed toy or something. Exactly, oh, no, yeah. No. She's had a yeah. brutal injury, and, and the whimsy of Gallagher's act is covering this up, right? Everything he does seems cute and strange. <laughs> yeah, it was just... This guy's the Antichrist. <laughs> so he charmed the, the jury in the court, right? Mr. Gallagher goes to Washington, and he takes the stand... And and he presumably pummels some loose nectarines he keeps in his pocket. Not guilty. Oh my god, this poor woman with a broken neck. <laughs> She's like weeping in <laughs> mountains of debt for health reasons. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it's America too. Wow. Gallagher's so, uh, <laughs> this is a quote from Gallagher. Uh, and the penguin is very excited too, the 47-year-old comedian said. I told you all along the penguin was innocent. This has been the most fun I've ever had. I've already got them working on a new costume for me. I'm going to be the alleged vicious, malicious penguin. And I'm going to run and slide on ice and growl at the kids, he said. And I'm going to have a whole bunch of penguins, the real kind there too. It'll be great. Just tell everybody to wear a helmet. So this man did lasting damage to a woman and is like, this is a great bit. I'm going to do this again. 
<laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, when you're hot, you're hot. You know, you can't. You know, you can't decide what works well. That's deranged. It's, it's... That's completely horrifying. That should be illegal in and of itself. He just. That woman has to live through the worst trauma she sees every time Galka does his slip and slide. It's and not even things. funny, though. The bit isn't good. It's like bad children's TV. If children's TV was based on civil lawsuits that went the wrong way. <laughs> is, there a, is there a video footage of this? Um, I'm not no, sure. I, I might. I'll, I'll, I'll try and chase some up later. I don't know if there's actual footage of the... I mean, there can't have been if he got if he won it, right? Surely the video footage would would prove it. I think yeah. they're, they're all in agreement that it is it did happen. I don't think I don't think that. Yeah, it's a good point. It's just if he's liable, right? If he's yeah. if uh, chucking around massive fire extinguishers painted to look like Arctic animals is yeah, negligent or not? That's no, I think. What do you guys think? I think it's on him. I think it's one hundred percent on him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a prop comic, right? If one of his props damages <laughs> someone, that's under his purview. He knows fruit is the safe thing to smash, right? Exactly, right? You be smashing fruit, go for it. Don't smash, because I imagine a fire extinguisher would, like, fly around. I don't know, is that just a cartoon image in my head? Yeah. I think it would happen. <laughs> so it goes off. Yeah. And it... Right? Why was it in the shape of a penguin? Like a balloon. I'm just... Oh, God. Well, because his sets as well, like... Uh, for the listener, this, the sets are really one of the most cursed things I find about the whole experience, which is that they really do look like, you know, a, a sort of a man has gone mad and he's trying to relive his childhood. Like he, he occasionally pedal around on a huge toy bike. He has big, you know, toy sort of things that look like children's toys all around him, like in a really kind of sort of creepy, you know, what I imagine, you know, I don't know, Tim Burton lives in as well. Yeah. Like, a creepy, frozen-in-time childhood mausoleum. It's really It's really else. bizarre. Um, I did really like the giant sofa, though. I couldn't help but... <laughs> mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Pretty good. It's always hard for me when a good-looking sofa's on. It's like, fair play. I would I would, I would, would sit on that. I would 100% get in on that, that action. Look, in my head, I was just like, wait, is he really close, or is the sofa... No, is he really far away? <laughs> <laughs> it was so far really near my screen. He actually was big among the borrowers. <laughs> he would go down there and do do the borrower circuit, <laughs> and yeah. The other lawsuit happens a little later in 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 Gallagher's uh, career, around the nineties. So, um, you know, as on the whims of entertainment, and and uh, there's always you need a new thing moving forward. And as Carrot Top mm-hmm. began to rise up as the sort of premier prop comedian. Gallagher felt the strain, and he en- he enlisted his brother Ron Gallagher to pretend to be him, play a character called Gallagher Two, and play the smaller clubs uh, to stop Carrot Top getting spots. According uh, to Leo Gallagher's own testimony in a 2003 interview. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow, this is crazy. Yeah. No, it's not. It's... Turn it up. What kind of Dostoevsky story are they thinking? There are two men now called Gallagher. And so Gallagher is now, Gallagher is, is not a human being anymore. Gallagher He's is an idea. passed down between yeah. brothers. It's, um... you, are, you are the Gallagher in waiting. I am the Gallagher at home. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> There'll always be a Gallagher in Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What a dated reference somehow. It's not even that old, but what a dated reference I chose to make. We're talking about Gallagher. It's not, you know, if it's, if it's in. <laughs> That's up to the minute. So it goes basically, but what happened was he was doing these smaller spots to keep Gallagher out. But then in November 1999, Ron Gallagher, his brother, took a Millennium Eve gig at Detroit's 2,000-seat Fisher Theater. Leo filed a suit demanding that he stop performing as Gallagher too. I'm hurt and confused, says Ron, who has been sued for trademark infringement by Leo. I can't understand why he's being this mean. Uh, and Leo said, in response, he's decided that he's Gallagher as much as I am. Because you let someone borrow your car doesn't mean it's their car. Uh, Leo Gallagher says in an affidavit that Ron was considered an emergency stand-in for his brother because of Leo's volatile temper and drug abuse, which Leo denies. It, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> 
What the hell? He sued his brother because he did what he told him to, but he didn't. He thought he was getting out of control. It's like, you you are not the true Gallagher. You are a pretender to the throne. Well, no shit. I mean, like, every every fable about, like, you know, <laughs> giving away your identity to someone else. Well, of course, he had a crisis of identity, and he has to, he has to kill the other <laughs> Gallagher. two Gallagher's on the moon, and one sued the other, would that be fucked up? Or is that, like, would that be... <laughs> It's uh, I can't remember how it doesn't. I'm not entirely sure how it ended. I believe, but I do know that it sort of tore up the family. Because um, uh, Ron said that Leo pretty much raised me since both my parents worked. Uh, I've always idolized him. Says Ron. After this is over, even if I win, I'll have lost my brother. Um, so it's really sad. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, so, what do we uh, what do we think? Who do, whose side do we fall on this one? I mean, do do we? Gallagher the first or Gallagher the second? Mm, I don't know. I feel did this Gallagher Leo told his brother to stop doing it at a certain point, and then his brother didn't listen to him. He 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 sued him after he took a big Millennium Eve gig, which was like two thousand seats rather than a small club. So I think it was like becoming a copyright oh. problem. But he was Gallagher. <laughs> okay, in a pure sense, once he takes the stage, is he not Gallagher? Shit, that's fair. Yeah. He's is also yeah he he went as Gallagher too though that like he did refer to himself as Gallagher too yeah oh yeah did he take the gig as Gallagher one I would one? give any money to see Gallagher two the show though right like should, a knockoff version of a bizarre would they go as crazy for it because then then you have to ask where does the power really lie is it in the fruit yeah. or is it in <laughs> Gallagher. Exactly, yeah. There was so, something in the 80s, did we just want to get see fruit pummeled? Mm. Or was Gallagher just the insane force of personality that he appears to be? God! That's... But what would... That's like a no, it's, it's weird, because a lot of com- big comedians are kind of a family business, like their brothers will be their managers or something, but this seems like the most yeah. sour version of that. It's so... Uh... My identity is a family business. You know, we all pitch in. Uh, my sister looks after my wife. Uh, yeah, my, sister, my cousin does my taxes. my wife. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I was going to ask, Christopher, would you hire a sibling or a family member to cover you at, say, if you there was a small gig? As a stand-up? Yeah, it's like, could you be me and just go down there? And like... Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, no, wait, no, I can't even joke around about that. No. <laughs> Everywhere my they don't have any <laughs> They don't have what it takes. No, no, they can't do it. Yeah, you're not going to get a good photo. No, I'm just my, but there's my, I don't think my family members are very funny. That's fair. Mm, mm. they they're, you, you... they're funny after talking to them for a while, but they won't come. No, wait, actually, they're funny conversationally, but they don't. No, actually, you know what? They're all funnier than me. <laughs> Well, hang on. <laughs> just talked you into the crisis. Well, then you'll never let them sub in, right? No one can know. <laughs> they would stop asking for Mustafa at a certain point. They're they're funny in a sort of one man show kind of way. Well, like you know, it's funny. It's 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 fun. it's like an it's like a Lewin Davis. They're more of an Edinburgh show. Yeah, yeah they. You got to wait to the fifty minute mark, but for a joke <laughs> rather than the the. <laughs> Uh, just to move on to the final days of Gallagher it gets kind of sad after that he kind of became a full right wing crank Uh, he he turned on PC culture Uh, in an unaired Howard Stern interview he he reportedly said I'm an authority on comedy I was a comedian in another life then apparently Gallagher then continued to list his crazy ideas Uh, guys stop me if you're in on any of these fart ringtones a face paint focused environmental presentation for Al Gore and something about photons and electrons. Uh, how much investment can I get out of the gate on that one? How much would I'm, I'm I fart ringtones is doing something for me. Mm, so. mm, mm, I want to hear about the photons and electrons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please tell me more about these. Uh, that is the most, uh, I... list on a bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> Something about photons and electrons. Yeah, that's the vaguest thing. Yeah. Um, is he- I mean, look, what do, you, what do you mean? It's vague. It doesn't matter if it's vague. Look, he's already sold me <laughs> on a paint presentation for climate change. <laughs> <laughs> former vice president of the United States. I will give $10,000 to see that happen. What does he do? Does he, right, does he paint Al Gore's face? Does he paint, does he paint 
scenes of climate change happening on Al Gore's face? Does he paint his own face? Maybe he gets all executives and he paints, you know, pelicans covered in oil on their faces. You know, maybe it's a kind of like a really like, uh, I'm just saying this idea has, it has yeah, legs. Like, I, I can see. Can you imagine pitching face paint uh, presentation to like Greta Thunberg? <laughs> this is the modern equivalent. <laughs> I think she'd kill you with her eyes. I think think he does like these two hour shows, which are kind of near white supremacy level. Like he's full on Alex Jones, nut job, like controlling the environment and stuff. And he had a notorious WTF interview where he walked out after Mark Maron confronted him about homophobic material. Uh, So he's, it's the sad final days of a man who, who used to rule the world. Uh, Just kind of, yeah. That's unbelievable. It's sad, yeah. It's sad to see your heroes, <laughs> the guy who smashes fruit for a living, slip into uh, into the photon and electron racket, <laughs> which is obviously just gone, you know? I just realized these are like the, probably the most or second, who do you think is the more tumultuous Gallagher brothers? Oh, between Leo and Ron? That's a good question. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh Noel and Liam. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Damn, Gallagher Brothers. Say, yeah. Now when anyone says the Gallagher Brothers, I'm going <laughs> to think of the comedians. <laughs> to be fair, I think Liam is making it very clear that Noel could never be him by saying he hates his brother at every opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, th- those guys have done the exact opposite thing, right? They've tried to get as far away from each other as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. whereas for it, a brief shining moment, the Gallagher Brothers were one guy. I don't think, I don't think Noel or Liam could fuck up a watermelon, though. I don't think they could do it. <laughs> no, they don't have it in them. They don't have it in them. They don't. Liam, no, no, Liam, skinny no. arms, Liam. He couldn't lift a mallet above his head. <laughs> skinny arms, Liam. Skinny arms, Liam, and congenitally small heart. <laughs> skinny arms, Liam, and weirdly wide prostate. No. <laughs> I don't know where it was. Everybody. Mr. Fair, who are your sources on this? <laughs> oh, I know a guy. I know a guy. His name is Noel Gallagher. <laughs> you get Noel going, he'll tell you everything. He'll tell you. <laughs> Ply him with a drink or two, he's in. Damn, you have to stop him from showing you, I mean. You know what would be great? <laughs> Wait, I can't say that on a podcast, right? Because that's just not true. Uh, party, we'll get done. Party. We'll get done for it, don't we, Warren? We'll take we we can take the ire of whoever Noel Gallagher's angry at that week. <laughs> I think, I have, no, I have no idea for the last minute. I, uh, for the last uh, section here, I think we should just give our quick, you know, 60 second elevator pitch for, you, you continue to think Gallagher's act is bad. Yes. I have, I have had the spiritual epiphany that I actually think it's good. And we're, we're going to pitch Mustafa. And we're going to, we're going to see where he comes okay. out. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first? I, I'm, I'm a gentleman. So. Okay. The Gallagher pitch. I think that playing with food is a very pure joy, right? You know, when when a child throws peas into his sister's hair, is that not, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, comedy? <laughs> is that not the best joke of all? Are all jokes not attempts to recreate the the basic childlike joy of throwing around that which you shouldn't? Uh, of showering people uh, in in the juices of various fruits. I think people are having so much fun, right? And I think sometimes, particularly uh, people like us, we over-intellectualize comedy a bit. And <laughs> I think if it works, it works. And if uh, to see the, the pure joy in these faces, one thing that's crazy about those videos is the house lights are up, right? You know, the audience aren't sitting there in darkness, politely chuckling on their own. They're laughing, they're wailing, they're crying, they're looking at each other, they've got ponchos on the front row, and, you know, they've got a, they're hugging each other. They're hugging family members they haven't looked in the eye for years. <laughs> and that's clearly part of the jury is watching, watching the audience as well as watching him. And I think I, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. I think the guy was obviously a very bad dude. <laughs> I, I think he struck gold that night in the comedy cellar, and God bless him for it. <laughs> Thank you. That's my that's my pitch. Okay, okay. a passionate speech. I, I'm taking notes on these, and I'm going to give my verdict. <laughs> Can I confirm to the listener, Mr. Bit is actually taking notes. This is great. This is like a little seminar. 
Okay, Dan, do you want to do you want to hit us with the uh, the case against Gallagher? Sure, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> in because it sounded like you were going to give a speech like the oxford union or something it was a big portentous in we live do it again in these times often we are invited to settle we are invited to to the expect less of our performers there are shows like celebrity karaoke on ITV2 where vague celebrities just sing badly for your amusement <laughs> and i look at the crowds at gallagher shows the baying mob enjoying <laughs> enjoying a enjoy, enjoying a ref a thing that references something they don't even understand they don't even <laughs> and it is it is the same i don't doubt that someone might have died and robin van nearly did because of the bloodlust created for that they see the juice of a watermelon and they, it is indistinct from the blood of a leaking brain. Um, and I think we should expect more, um, more, like, like I, I believe in wholesome comedy, absolutely. But we, we deserve to be spoken to with respect. We should never <laughs> elevate a man who's like his only, what, his only struggle was choosing which fruit to smash. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that is a low bar to set for even a punchline. It's not like he smashes the watermelon and is like, I, I, it was from an airline. I don't know. He well, he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I just think we can speak to a, a, a sensitivity. In our people and a, and a, and a, an intelligence and respect that Gallagher clearly lacks for people, because in lawsuits he is openly laughing at Robin Van, what who is in crippling debt now. So, besides that, um, <laughs> Carson hated him. I don't see why. I don't, I'm, I'm, Johnny Carson's on my side, so I don't really need to win. I don't need to prove nothing. Um, Good point. But think with your heart, not with raw impulse. <laughs> no, the raw impulse match one. Okay. Um, I, w- I would say both of you gave good speeches. I think, Rory, you had a very passionate speech. And I think yours plays on the emotional side of it, whereas Dan, yours was more like logical and more kind of, more kind of like, what's it called? Yeah, just like logical, kind of more like mm-hmm. cold-hearted but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say both of you brought up how he was a bad person aside from his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> both of you brought up the lawsuit, which was weird to hear in your argument, Rory, because you're for him. <laughs> it couldn't go unmentioned. Because it sucked. <laughs> I like silly comedy, but the, I don't like because you get the analogy of throwing peas in your like in your sister's hair or something. Mm. I would hate. That. <laughs> That would ruin my afternoon if I got bees thrown in my face. Mm, mm. Sounds like I lost you from the get-go then. <laughs> That's what I was... If you said pies... If you, <laughs> you were, you were, two, you were oh. one eye away from winning him over. <laughs> you damned fool. Uh, so I, I'm going to say I, I think Gallagher... I can... I understand... I, I would be interested in watching Gallagher in the 80s. Mm. And I found it mm. funny then. Mm-hmm. But now, speaking of someone who lives now, I definitely don't. Well, well done, Daniel. So I won? Yeah, you, you did. Won. Thank you God, won. what a low yeah. victory that Gallagher sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, you can't, I'm not even going to lie, you actually kind of talked me into it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Listen, look. If you want to get Gallagher, we can all just do mountains of cocaine and watch all his specials in one night, and I think then we'll get it. That's clearly back to the eighties. That would be fourteen hours of comedy specials. Uh, yeah, and we'll just about come down from there. But one <laughs> How did he do that? That's the most insane part. Like you can't help but admire that success <laughs> that they were just smash fucking fruit. Fourteen hours. Yeah. Well, that was that was the. 
Over two decades. <laughs> two decades. That was over 20 years. That, it transcended two decades. That's insane. A Gallagher That's knockoff was big enough to do a Millennium Eve theater show <laughs> in the 1999s. Exactly. That's not the limitation. Man, that's crazy. That's amazing. So I do, I do have to like admire that in a sense. Fair play, I get yeah, that. Yeah. Um, which brings us on, sort of, now that we've 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 had this argument whether Gallagher is good or bad. We. Oh wait, I actually would like to take it back that I just remembered that we also talked about how he was super right wing and homophobic, and I would like to take back the admire part that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> definitely going with that out there. I, yeah, I, me I, too. I, yeah, <laughs> I was sticking to my take that it's funny when he smashes the fruit, but he's a huge piece of shit. Yeah, but again, you gotta love the guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to him. <laughs> Don't be angry about how he got there. You work on your own shit, and you. <laughs> this is now every uh, middle-aged comedian podcast. So I think. That'll just about do us on this episode of That's Rich. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Musfer, is there anything you want to uh, plug or uh, direct? Where can people find your stuff? Uh, well, I uh, I do stand up, but that's like I wouldn't I wouldn't invite anyone to a show now because I feel like it's irresponsible during a pandemic. <laughs> uh, but if you want to follow me for like funny tweets, my Twitter is Mustafa Sucks, and my Instagram is Mustafa Yassian Fitness. Uh, it's not a fitness account. I just don't know how to change the name. <laughs> Like follow me. I posted the posted a stand up clip recently, so you can watch. There are that. some amazing pictures of your cat too. I will say, there's some good stuff. And yes, I, I, I do get drunk and post pictures of my cat very frequently. Um, so that is uh, definitely check him out if you're listening. This was genuinely one of the funniest people. Thanks uh, so much for coming on like right now. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Rich underscore Podcast on Instagram. Uh, no, on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> um that's rich podcast on instagram and just look up that's rich on facebook uh please leave us a review if you like what you're listening to on apple music it really helps us find new people uh and you can find us now wherever you get your podcast thanks to josh wrighton who wrote our theme tune um he's got some great music out and he's doing i think live streams on his facebook so uh just check out his page see what he's got going on i actually do have one thing to oh, plug. oh yeah go for it yeah um, this is a new website that I've just been here. Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never on this pod. I will walk. I will walk over this. We'll, we'll do extreme restraints first. <laughs> yeah, going straight but, um, to that. Um, but tune in uh, next week uh, for an all new episode about an all new rich person that Rory will have prepared. And catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>